Mansplanation is a show about two men trying to break free from the prison of toxic masculinity. They offer no professional advice or suggestion. They will occasionally use adult language and will often discuss examples of violence and malicious behavior, so parental guidance is recommended. Let's let's talk more about that shirt. No. When did you go to Miami? No, we're talking I'm talking to Fitz right now. How's Fitz doing? I didn't know you were in the police force. <laughs> In Miami with Don Johnson. You're just refusing to uh, acknowledge that Fitz and Ziggy are about to have a date. Becca's going to be super jealous. Can you not hear me? Yeah. Oh, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm mesmerized, hypnotized. In fact, can, can you can you stand up and give me like a little like a once around with that? That's something. Say hi to Ziggy. Why are you so Why are you so singly focused on my shirt? Are there fish in that shirt? Because if not, there should be. <laughs> this is literally like a metaphor for the past two weeks. I think it's a metaphor for the entirety of our relationship, except for it's form of a shirt. That shirt is insane. Possibly not having the same conversation or even hearing what the other one is saying. Well, to be fair, Tim, if I was wearing that shirt, you would not let it go. <laughs> okay, shirt's off. <laughs> They're just old, yeah, just old shoes. I tend to wear shoes until they die. Yeah. And so literally I have one pair of shoe, one pair of shoe, one pair of shoes. Yeah, a single shoe. No, I have a pair of them. Okay. That aren't daily wear that I only wear, you know, to church or weddings or funeral. You don't go to church. Don't even give me that stuff. I was thinking of like somewhere I would wear these shoes in my you would wear the shirt that you just took off to church as a, to stick your finger in god's eye welcome to mansplain nation a discussion between two friends uh, about shirts and menswear and, and shoes. shoes whether or not they should have more holes in them than crocs i don't know i used to wear crocs a lot too who you yeah i, I remember you wearing crocs. they're fucking comfortable yeah. <laughs> they're not comfortable I'm I'm not sure if the comfort of them is the point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's just I don't know, Tim. Uh, welcome to Mansplanation, a discussion between two friends about our mistakes in manhood and what we are trying to do to be better. This has not been an example of that, but it's been mm-hmm. hilarious and fun, and I'm having. <laughs> so this how's, is how's it going, Tim? Good. This is uh for those of you who are just joining us. This is part three of a series of conversations that me and Todd have been having for the past three weeks. Mm -hmm. Please go back to part one. If you have not listened to it first, otherwise don't, or you're, you're missing out. You'll be missing out. It'll make sense, but you'll, you're missing out. Listener, we think you're going to be able to catch up pretty quickly. However, the true goal is, you know, if you put all the pieces together, it's a audio podcast Voltron, if you will. Yeah. Or it's uh, you know, it's our, it's a Tarantino. You can Mm -hmm. Tarantino it. You can start here in the middle, and then you end at the beginning, right? That's how Tarantino does it. That's exactly how he does it, yes. <laughs> That's the Tarantino magic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I've, been, I've been well. Good, good. How about you? Good. 
No, it, it was a it was a long week. It was it was kind of tiring. They they have a sign up in my job, at my part time job, mm-hmm. and it says something to the effect of, "I'm sorry I didn't show up today because I forgot to set my alarm because I don't like coming here." And at the bottom, <laughs> it's attributed to every client ever. So. Typically, I will go in to have an individual session, and it's like, by the way, person X called and said that they don't have money, their car is broken, and they forgot what time it was. Okay. Like, okay, so I'm not getting paid for this week either. Okay. But for some reason, I had all four show up, and that was just like a quadruple barrel shotgun of fun. Fun. Fun, right, quotes. right. Of, wor- of, of work that... Is exhausting, but you're used to having somebody cancel. Yeah, yeah. Usually, I, like I go in, I have uh, all this stuff prepared and counterpoints and stuff like that. And then no one shows up, and then like yeah, they all four show right. up. I was like, holy crap, I get to do my job and I get to prove my point. And yeah, that was it, it, it's exhausting work. I, I when I come home from that, like, there's several points. Where it's like I'm just chugging my third tumbler of coffee, just trying to get through. Yeah. No, no, you can't tie up your yeah, girlfriend yeah no she is a former law enforcement officer yeah to put that in context i have a similar experience um i think anybody who like works with that like does that kind of client appointment work is used to that kind of built-in downtime mm-hmm. of people canceling or when I had so right when I was tutoring English and had group sessions, usually it wouldn't be a full class, and sometimes no one would show up, and then I would have a break before mm-hmm. like the people who usually did like always showed up. Um, yeah. And then so once you have once you have back to back, and especially dealing in a therapy situation, ha- you know, having to process all that, um, you don't get you don't get the break. It's nice. I'm saying it's nice to have that break. It, it, it's a double-edged sword for me. It's like it's kind of like, hey, dude, you're gonna get into a fight at three o'clock. <laughs> so when three o'clock comes and the other dude's not there, you're like, oh, thank God, I don't have to get into a fight. But the other side is like, I, I, I ran myself up for this. I prepared. Yeah. I did push-ups. I some shadow. I chased a chicken around a, a backyard, and I feel like it was all for naught. And there's probably better uses of my time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I know that feeling. I had a eight. 8 a.m. Saturday class with four and five year olds, mm-hmm. and one of them was a, a you know, I, I it was a four year old child, mm-hmm. but was a demon, <laughs> as most four year old children really are. Like you, that you saying, oh, it's about you know, every week, literally, I would it would be like I'm gonna get into a fight at 8 a.m. But it's with a child and boundaries, and I have to figure out how to be this happy, pleasant teaching English human being. You're not just teaching English, you're parenting this child. You're, yeah. you're, yeah, there's a lot going on yeah. in a situation yeah. like that. So, yeah. Um, I, can, I can see how that's right. <laughs> Having to do your full job in, in that kind of context yeah. is tough. Um, yeah. Not that you're not prepared or expecting it, but yeah. But at the same time, it's like I, I'm, when I'm prepared, it's just kind of like, Okay, I prepared this lesson plan three weeks ago, and they didn't show up for the next three weeks. So I guess I can recycle that because this is this is where we left off. But you know, in three weeks, your familiarity wanes, and you you know, when you go in the room and they're not there, it's like I don't know. I guess I'll go home and play with my kids or something fun like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like crap, you're here, dude, and I gotta fix this. No way, I can fix this. I'm three weeks behind the eight ball. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll just so that was my send it there. I can, I can go on and on, but we could, that conversation can, can go on for 30 or 40 minutes. My week was, I don't know, just busy. Did you perform? Doing that. Uh, I mean, I've been, yeah, uh, I've been re- recording and working on some music. Uh, I put out an episode of my other show, which is essentially just a performance. Um, and tonight I'm performing. That's why I was saying I'm wearing that shirt. Because I, as soon as we end that this shirt, they ask for it, they're going to get it. Capital T, capital S, that shirt. Because that's how, you know, got to present myself in a way that others expect me to show up. So what, So we for the past two weeks, we've been having this conversation about identity and sexuality. Would you say that's mm-hmm. fair? I would say that is fair. <laughs> I would agree with that statement. I've written some thoughts down. Okay, let's hear these thoughts that you've written. I have the benefit of being able to listen to our conversation over and over again since I edit it okay. and have to fix it. And so, like, I hear what we get wrong, or when I say something that I'm like, oh, I, I meant something different, but that's not what it sounds like. And I get to decide if it stays in or goes out. And same with stuff that you say. Um, I'm, yeah, I have final cut on the show. I want to say the very interesting thing about the way we're doing this is, is we have this conversation one hour at a time. Yes. Uh, once a week, that's like your only time. Thank you for giving me this one hour a week to engage with you in this way and try to make this thing together. Happy to do it. But that Right. But that's all we got. It makes sense that this happens. But one thing that's really clear these past two weeks um, is it seems like we're both having a different conversation. When we started talking, it was like, oh yeah, we're both hearing each other and engaged together, but it seems like we're both having two different conversations or maybe better to say we're both having the same conversation, but we're both looking in different directions. Kind of like we're both navigating. Like if, 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 you know, the classic, my classic metaphor of, therapy, uh, you know, human connection as navigation. And so this discussion is essentially us trying to like make a map together. And so we're both working on the same map and looking at the same things, but it seems like the past two weeks we've been coming at it from different places or different expectations. Can you give me an example? One I've been, I feel like I've been dominating the conversation I think that's fair, but I think that you're the one that was you're, you're explaining yeah. something to me. Yeah. So in this, I, I think I might have even said my role is to listen. Yeah, yeah, and um, to, to learn and to understand. Yeah. You're 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 being kind of to teach me something. And right, and I'm not usually, and I'm not super comfortable with that. I'm not uncomfortable. It's hard for me to to define thing. Like I don't have any concrete examples of where it's like, oh, I said this thing, and Ton's response wasn't the same. It was more. <laughs> Uh, when I came out to my parents as an atheist or an agnostic or mm-hmm. like non-religion, it it was the same thing. Like a lot of their questions threw me. Like essentially, right? You were trying to come to an understanding of what's going on in my head, and I'm not trying mm-hmm. to talk about me. But that's where the conversation needs to be. Like I totally think you're you're in the right. Okay. That- Thanks that we we do need to start there and be having that discussion. In that process, I was like listening to how I've responded to you, I've said a lot of things that either I don't think fully made sense to you 
or would make sense to someone who wasn't the person who said that, like said to somebody listening to the conversation. And I've tried to fix it in editing and I mostly have removing chunks. I'm like, that just doesn't mean anything or make sense. Or that's just me repeating myself. Okay. I wrote my (laughs) summarization of essentially the point that I've been trying to get to my global point well, you have it. the past two weeks, but before I'm going to, I'm going to throw you out uh, on a limb again, and I'm going to ask you to tell me what have, what have we been talking about for the past two weeks? Okay. Um, several recordings ago, I said something about the, this being a conversation between straight white middle-class men and just trying to own our own ourselves own our mistakes and uh, hopefully learn better and you corrected me you said you identify as straight you identify as queer and it seems like to me that you have an attraction to males and i would say real realistically i'd say realistically that's kind of what i got out of it okay okay yeah um <laughs> I don't know whether or not you've acted on it. I'm not. not no, no, no. Sure. I just think like, it's interesting. I'm like, oh, two hours, and that's that's the, as much I was able to explain. And I think that's fair. I think that's pretty okay. much what. Um, and like essentially, that was the end of last week. Was me sort of in the conversation, realizing that we were both trying to talk about two different things. Okay. Um, what were you trying to talk about? I was so right. I was trying to talk about identity overall. Um, and so here's, it's, it's a little long, so bear with me, but here's what I have written down. So to me, straight versus queer, and to me, you can plug in cis versus trans, white versus black, person versus other. It has nothing to do, so, but straight versus queer has nothing to do with sexuality or gender. It has everything to do with how you engage with the world. Okay. So if you don't question... The de facto system that says the point of sex and marriage, the point of all social institutions, is biological reproduction. If families are only made up of biologically or legally connected parents and children, and if you're okay with that categorization as normal, and everything else is abnormal, different, strange, then that is being straight. Essentially, if you're okay with this this way uh, that we call society, that's normal. And everything outside of this bubble is different. The normal part is straight. Straight is to identify with how society expects me to identify. So if I were to say, yeah, I'm straight, it would mean society expects me to identify in this way and behave this way regardless if those expectations are you know coming from how i was raised or coming from friends and family or coming from you know being out in the world that and and since i see that disconnect between how people expect me to behave and how i actually feel i should behave that's what mm-hmm. being queer is and so okay. the the reason this is tough for me to talk about personally is because like for my whole life the message in my head has been to be queer is to not be normal. Okay. And so if I'm not normal, then I'm not acceptable. I'm not conforming to the way things should be as decided by somebody else. To me, the difference between what the, to me, the reason I identify as queer has nothing to do with sexuality and gender. Those things to me have nothing to do with, with fucking. Wow. Okay. And everything to be with understanding how we best fit in 
the world. So, so your premise is I'm queer because I don't necessarily fit into the uh, the status quo that society has placed upon us. Correct, especially in a world where increasingly our intelligence, our minds, they're becoming the most important part of our body. Okay. As we move away from having, you know, we're automating a bunch of physical and manual tasks, minds are become, you know, how we think is more important than our physical body. Okay. And all that being said, yes, I am attracted to men, which is where I got to the end of last week, right? I think I, I made yeah. I made some offhand comment when I was realized I'm like, okay, you you really you're not trying to get me to nail down a definition for other people. You just want to talk about you personally, Tim. Because for 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 me personally, I mean you're you're a friend. Yeah. I mean podcast is not I mean yeah. you've been there for me. Hopefully I've been there for you. You've been in my wedding, everything like that. So when somebody says, hey, I identify as queer mm-hmm. It's kind of more like, oh wow. So, what is your experience right. like? How is it? How does this work for you? Which, hopefully, you recognize. I think you do that. This comes from a, a place of, well, how do I support my friend? Oh, this? absolutely. Is this a challenge for him? Does he need help? Does he need somebody to listen to? Is he completely cool and I, I can hang back and whatever? Yeah, being able to listen again. I heard, like, I heard that. I'm like, and that's what I kind of meant about we're both having different conversations. I also kind of saw it as like in relation to queer as sexuality, not as queer as this is where I fit into the world. I, I trouble saying because, right, the history of LGBTQ plus as a community, as a movement has been heavily based in this idea that in se- right, it has been kind of based in sex and sex and mm-hmm. gender. Yeah, I mean, I've like, I think I said, I've said this over the past few weeks. Like, since I've been a kid, I struggled with my gender. Again, it was like, I, it wasn't, it wasn't an important part of my identity. And I also see how that, you know, because I do therapy, I'm not a therapist, but I do therapy outside with a, with another professional who isn't a friend. Um, you know, we have these conversations there, and like, I see how all of that kind of has affected me and made me a worse person in some ways, a better person in other ways. Yeah, I don't because I right. I don't want this to be like I'm coming out because that's a. I think that's a hugely significant and important and serious thing. And Mm -hmm. while I'm saying you wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be wrong if that's what this was, and I'm, you know, we're publishing it as something for some people to listen to. That's not what I want. That's not what I'm trying to do with the conversation. Okay. But I understand it's also important for you to un- understand these things. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, it's like if it would have started uh, in a different context, but when we talk about, start talking about Kinsey and uh, degrees of heterosexuality, homosexuality, and how most people fall somewhere in between, that, that was the framing that I think I started the conversation yeah. with. Yeah. And so, right, you were stalking like- so really, you're at fault here. Huh? Nothing. Just cracked a bad, bad joke. Okay. Well, I'll listen to it later because I have the audio. You <laughs> I, do. I record this in two separate channels. <laughs> mm, both channels. Um, I have you isolated alone. I could just publish okay. you talking to yourself. That would be fascinating to the majority of the uh, world. It's, it would be fascinating. Not to at me. all. Um, I might have a side project for myself. Um, yeah. And so, right. I, 
and I think you were right to start into that place of, okay, well, how do you fit and how do you see yourself in this scale? How would you respond to these questions? Um, and yeah, I don't, do you remember that when our other mutual friend Freya and I tried to make our own survey and get people to answer it anonymously? Vaguely. Refresh my memory. I don't, I, it was, you know, we were, we both worked, we both had a, a boring office job with a lot of free time and the the movie about Kinsey had just come out. Kinsey? Kinsey? I remember that. Kinsey. With Liam Neeson. Yeah. Uh, topical. <laughs> uh, had just come out. And so we were talking like, yeah, we don't know what our friends think about anal sex. And this seems like an important thing for friends to know about each other. And it's like, let's come up with a questionnaire about the rear of our friend group, about our friend group, not just about, you know, it rhymed. I couldn't pass that up. So we started like a shared, we should, we started a shared Google doc where we were just putting in like questions about our friends' sex lives that we were curious about and like had invited a bunch of people to add to them, like not necessarily answer okay. it. I don't know if I ever got one of these. Or if I did, I'm not sure if I answered it. I'm sorry. That's okay. You weren't included. That's fine. But I think it's funny because it's like, oh, that t- you were the prime candidate for that because based on this past two weeks, it's like, yeah, that's the kind of com- that's how you, I think, rightly understand this conversation and situation is, you know, when you say I was wrong for calling you straight, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I and and you texted me that question about how the conversation go between Jen, it's like, oh, did Todd think I just came out? No, but. Uh... Kind of yes, kind of no. Not like, hey, this happened yesterday, but like at some point you came to this realization and this would be a conversation that you would have with somebody that you're married to. Yeah. Because then to me, in my mind, then you need to figure out what does this mean for the marriage? Like I've, I've had friends, I have a college roommate who got married like immediately after graduating college. Mm-hmm. He, he was the one that everybody that, that I knew was like, oh, Brian's gay, right? He's like, I don't know. he says he isn't. I think, he'd be ha- I think he is. He spends a lot of time with a certain guy. I think they'd be very happy together. I think they, they accent each other well, but he's telling me that he's straight. So he gets married, realizes he's gay, and has the conversation. And from what I have heard, I have never heard, been able to verify this with him. It's, I love my wife, but I want to be with men. Mm-hmm. And he approached her with like, "Is there a way that we can do this?" Mm-hmm. And, and she, she, she was of two minds. She, she was like, "I also love you. I, I want to be with you. You're the man that I've yeah. I've dated and I've been with and I've been happy with." But no, I expect one, one of the things that we agreed upon was uh, celibacy, or not celibacy, but um, <laughs> monogamy. Thank you, monogamy between us. And if you are looking for something outside of this marriage, I can't be into that. If you want to be with me and remain monogamous, then yes, I can. And eventually, yeah, they did get divorced. And true to my suspicion, again, I'm hearing this secondhand, but he's uh, he's got a boyfriend now. He's much happier. And yeah. So so when you said like that you identify as queer, that I, I'm also friends with your wife. And part of me is just wondering, how, have you guys talked about this? Uh-huh. How have you yeah. figured this out into your marriage? Is this something it's like you never even really had to just because it's kind of like, hey, I don't think I'm going to drink milk anymore. Oh, okay. That's cool. Or, or is, is it something more serious? Uh, and did I say this last? So I, I feel like it didn't, I, I missed it or I didn't get to that part yet when in the edit, um, I'm not fully done editing last week, but I th- swear I 
said, oh, Jen's initial response when I was telling her the story of us recording was, oh, you could tell Todd that my parents thought I was a lesbian until yeah. we started dating. I did say that yeah. last week. You did say that, yes. Yeah, and, and since we we have been together since I'm 17, she's 16. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the only, right, she's the only other person I've been with both in a you know very intimate romantic way sexual way relationship um, mm-hmm. and so and and also you know cohabitating relationship she's the longest person right. I've ever lived with um, shared a life with and yeah and she's right she essentially is my my oldest best friend um, and so right like there was no Right, the this realization, um, it's never right. It, there was never a moment for realization, which is why I think that question threw me. Like this discussion went on, you know. I, I, like I think the only way the only way we really talk about it um, is we do a yearly or quarterly or whatever life like life check in with each other. Like, where how are you feeling about this? Um, okay, I I project manage. <laughs> Our relationship. I'm imagining the best Excel spreadsheet ever. <laughs> it's our. This is our. You know, weekly business meeting where we discuss our budget. Profits are up, and also how we're feeling about our our sex life. I've, yeah, I got lost in the joke. <laughs> uh, but essentially, right, like one of these, like a few years ago, right, right around when you know this came up four or five years ago when I moved to California, mm-hmm. but it came up as usually talking about other people where Jen's stance and and honestly my stance on it too is I don't I don't want to get a disease or pass a disease on to a loved one that I might have whether that be a sexually transmitted disease or you know bed bugs Mm -hmm. because I took I did I made a risky decision and so Jen's approach to it is you know if you feel the need to quote unquote step out that's the like one you know and i i also agree like the classic cheating stepping out on someone is it's lying you're right it's essentially i'm doing something secret and i'm keeping it secret from you and i'm lying to you and and this lie could potentially harm you and even if it doesn't harm you physically it will once it's found out harm you emotionally as somebody who has been cheated on it sucks when you find that out or it sucks like later on. It's like, wait a second. There were guys' shoes in that closet. What the fuck? <laughs> That's why she broke up with me. Oh. Um, and so, right, like all, all these realizations I sort of come through over the course of, you know, as as David Henry David Thoreau said, to live a, an examined life and mm-hmm. kind of understand myself. And so, like, I recognize one of the reasons, you know, I recognize that. To call me sh- to say, "Oh, Tim's a straight white dude," is fair. I don't begrudge anyone for saying that, right? Because by all accounts, I have been monogamous, monog, monogam. <laughs> I fucking can't say. It. I've been singly married, monogamously married. You've been in a monogamous relationship since you basically since you were sixteen, yeah. seventeen. Yeah, and it's my right. My only. I like say this staring off into the distance, not because Jen is probably listening in the other room. Hey Jen. But because I'm like like honestly trying to think, yeah, she's the only 
person I've ever been physically intimate with. And that made Todd just walk, get, get up and walk away. He can't believe it. He's pissed off. He expected me to be a horrible person and cheat and steal and lie. And now he's back looking confused. <laughs> no, no. I've got two young kids that we managed to uh, wrestle to sleep. And uh, yeah. the cat just walked out of the room, pushed open the door with his nose. And so I had to make sure that we uh, oh. didn't wake him up. Oh. So that would be the worst thing that would happen today is if uh, all of a sudden the kids are like, I'm up and we're ready to party. Especially since it's uh, you know daylight savings. We're all it up. is, yeah. About 930 um, here. So yeah, Jen, Jen and I have a very open discuss open communicate communicative relationship which is awesome discussion yeah um and that's not to say we're perfect but no no but i mean i think that's the key i mean if you're saying hey look i i I don't identify as 100 percent straight and man if i think if you're willing to if you're not willing but able to have that conversation with your significant other that's that's really awesome and and again, it's like I've never right the 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 way it came up a few years ago. I again, like I don't really one hundred percent remember the conversation, but I do remember that she said you could sleep with other men and that's okay. Okay, which is also I keep thinking about the staircase, but and then she took that back and then like I would occasionally bring that up as a joke. And she's like, and she would get serious and she's like, actually, I don't think I can share, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not an emotional or I'm not that kind of person who can be in a, an open polygamous, polygamous, polyamorous, that's the, that's the, yeah, polyamorous relationship. Um, I couldn't do that either. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, I could. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so I think that's interesting that. Uh, you know, it, I could, but again, why, why go back to why I've been having a hard time because like in my own life and my own exploration of, you know, myself and my identity and my sexuality I've come with, it's like, I, I could easily explore, you know, bis- bisexuality, homosexuality, polyamory, but I don't need to. Right. Okay. Why don't you need to? Is it based out of your relationship with your wife? Yeah, it's like I'm. I'm, okay. I'm happy with right. It's like I'm happy with the choices I made. I'm happy. Like, this with, is good. I don't want to change this. Yeah, and if right, and if this is something that my partner isn't interest, interested in, well, she comes first, right? Like she's. I respect that. And again, why I was like, well, I, why I said we were both like kind of having the same conversation. Again, that goes back to the core thing that I was that I was trying to talk about. I got to tell you, man, I was getting so many mixed signals from the conversation. Yeah. Like when you said like, well, you know, Jen's family thought that she was a lesbian. It's like, okay, is, is this thing's way of telling me <laughs> it, that Jen is also bisexual? I was, don't know. It was, yeah, it was more to us that like we, you know, as young teenagers, we both kind of understood, like we were both pretty open sexually with each other. Um, okay. Exploration. Like I would talk about men I was attracted to. She would talk about women she was attracted to. Okay. Um, but right, like from the very beginning of our relationship, uh, which is also why I brought Big Mouth up at some point because mm-hmm. Big Mouth is essentially Jen, Jen doesn't like it very much, but I, it's like, oh, that's our relationship when we were kids. It was great. Everybody should grow up having that kind of 
friendship with all their friends where they just are very open. Because like outside of Jen, I was not open with my friends. And again, I think that's interesting why, why I brought it up. It's like, well, Todd sees me as a straight person. And for the longest time, like I never really felt the need to correct any of my friends because it wasn't like I needed something from you. Mm -hmm. I didn't need you to see me that way. Like it was fine that you saw me that way. Right. Again, to go back, you know, the conversation we're now having and I was trying to have is like, that's my approach to identity. Why Jen is, it's more important to me how Jen sees me and then I behave in a way that that conforms to Jen's expectations of me. Like, that's the most important thing. Because she's your wife and you want to preserve the relationship. It's that's the most important thing. Not even just my right. Like, she's that person. It, 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 yeah, it has nothing to do with her being. My, just my wife, but being that person that I find very important, right? Like I could say that that the same thing is true about a lot of friends, which is like, yeah, I should correct Todd, not only because I'm glad you did. Not not only because we talk about these things on the show a lot, but because Todd is a very close friend of mine. So this is the kind of thing he should know about me. And, and like I said, I'm really glad that you did. It's I don't want to be referring to you as something else to other people all around. I don't want to be misrepresenting you. I don't want to be putting words into your mouth that aren't there. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, that. And again, that's like the, that's something that I, I still struggle with and I've struggled with, you know, I, I, I very much recognize, yeah, I, I can't put it into words very well, but uh, you know, being open is not only, it's not just about you. Right, like coming out of the closet isn't just about you. It's about being an example to other people that this is normal and okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm normal and okay, and you are. <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with saying that. And I think you know, I, I at one point last week I got I, I was like, oh yeah, I got super defensive there with him, and I said, oh, it's not really anybody's business because that that's like that's the. Yeah, that's the defensive mechanism, Tim, of I know who I am, so it's not really important that other people know who I am for my own good mm-hmm. kind of thing, but it does matter to other people. It it shouldn't, but it does. Like if I were to suddenly tell you, hey, Tim, I think I've, uh, I've did, I had like a dark night of the soul. And I've decided that I'm going to be Russian Orthodox okay. from this point. Now, now it's, this is not a perfect analogy, <laughs> but not at all. No. But you would have it's questions. a funny one, though. And you would say, like, Todd, what was the dark night of the soul? What, what are you taking from this? Why did, why did you choose this particular path? And for me to say, look, man, it's personal. I don't really want to get into it. It's an appropriate response, but at the same time, man, there's some there's there's a lot of good, honest questions. Like, you're not asking me this as an attack, as an assault, yeah. as kind of like – Dude, you've been agnostic the whole time I've known you. What what the fuck? What <laughs> happened here? Did you drink the Kool-Aid? Did, did 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 like missionaries come to the door? What happened? Nothing. Don't knock those those Russian Orthodox. I can knock them. Were, were you were you Orthodox or Catholic? Um, I was Roman Catholic. My grandparents were Ukrainian Orthodox. Okay. I've just, for I've for some reason been doing a lot of reading about <laughs> uh, the different forms of Catholicism. And the okay. skit and this and the orthodoxy versus schism and all that. Yeah, stuff. the the orthodox Eastern churches versus the Eastern churches that are not orthodox. 
There was one thing you said last week that I don't. I, 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 we could save it for part four. Well, let, let's let's dip into it. Now. Maybe. maybe okay. Concise answer. Okay. Maybe. Uh, and again, this was this is from last week, and also threw me at the time when you were trying to explain. Okay, this is this is why I'm asking you these questions. This is why I'm trying to. My job is to listen and understand. Mm-hmm. You know, you said like being, you know, you could say you're queer or straight and it could mean completely different things to you. And then you started to talk in the first person and I got very confused, but I realized you were speaking metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. I identify as heterosexual. <laughs> yeah. But because you said, um, right. If I ask a friend who it's like, oh, being straight to me means right now I'm in a monogamous relationship. But if I suddenly find myself in a place where I'm only with men, say the military or jail, yeah, that I will still have right. I will still have sex. I will still find a way to have human contact, and I'm okay with that. And you said "gay for stay," which was yeah. not a term I've ever heard before. Really, I've oh, heard wow. I've heard "gay for pay," which is also okay. why I think it threw me. And I'm like, oh God, Todd. You're, yeah. And that was the other thing. It's like we there were like ten different ways that com- like these conversation, this conversation could be going, and we kept like throwing new ways to take it. And you like put me in that space where I'm like, Sorry oh, we're going to be talking about the toxic parts of prison rape jokes. No, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> like literally, whole, that's that's what we're leading up to. I, I, and just real quick, I'll do this succinctly as I can. Gay, gay for stay. So I've worked a lot in correct, uh, not not necessarily in corrections. I've worked law enforcement with a lot of people that have been in corrections, and so it's, it's a very common thing, more for women than men. But it's something that definitely happens with men. That once you're incarcerated, once you're with your specific gender, your your need and desire for human contact, for affection, doesn't stop. If anything, I would say in an incredibly stressful and potentially traumatic environment, it can be heightened. So it's it's common for men and women to get into a relationship that, and the understanding in prison is this is right here. This is not outside. Mm-hmm. So if you get out and I get out and we cross paths, we'll probably never even talk about it. But in here, it can be a thing. Prison, the, mili- pr- prison, the military, and Vegas. Much less in the military, just because, I mean, let's face it, it's one of those things where it's probably one of those places where if you're gay, you can still get your ass kicked and possibly killed. Prison, though, it's very much a kind of understood, like, okay, that's a thing. Yeah. Gay for pay, the the term I know is about the, is this a but about the porn industry? Right. Where where men do gay porn, but are not, them themselves not actually gay. gay. They're performing which is its whole other thing. All these things are another thing. Um, yeah, and I, I, I'm not ready to talk about any of that right now. <laughs> okay. If you have any well, more thoughts you about, if you have any more thoughts about it, because I, I've been, I've been um, listening, watching uh, this YouTube series. I've mentioned it before, called Pop Pop Culture Detective. He's doing something very similar to what we're trying to do, which is, you know, talk about and acknowledge here are all the myriad ways that this idea of what it means to be a man kind of ruins us and hurts us. And what he does this, he's doing a two part series on uh, essentially rape jokes again, like uh, assault, assault against men for comedy, for laughs as a joke. Yeah. Um, and it's 
even before he brought it up, it's like it seems that it's always also then not only not only is it a man being assaulted, but it's somehow related to prison and incarceration and justice and also black men dominating white men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's wow, it's like that's a whole that's a there's a lot to unpack there. There's a there's a, and it's great because there's a whole movie about it starring Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart called mm. Get Hard. I've heard of it, yeah. and it was one of those ones. I was like, "Wow, that's a movie." Fifteen minutes later, I was like, "Wow, that's on video." <laughs> that must not have been a good movie. Um, anything getting you through this week? Um, I just came back from watching uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, okay, cool. And I, I enjoyed it. For me, it was one of the. It, it, I would say it's like, and the Marvel continue would be a B. It's mm-hmm. good, but yeah. And talking to my wife on the way home and reading comments about it, mm. I think I have a different impression than you, than I did when the lights came mm-hmm. on in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to figure out a way to not spoil anything. But I would say if you're a man and you come out of it thinking that was better, that was that was good, but not great. Find a woman, ask mm-hmm. her what she thought mm-hmm. thought about it, because my wife adored it. And when she was saying, "Well, when this person said this, I've heard this so many times, and to have a better reaction." Um, the the one thing that comes to mind real quick, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything, is there's a throwaway line where. Um, Captain Marvel's talking about how she was a, a fighter pilot, and but at the same time, she couldn't be a combat pilot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because this part of the movie took place in 1989, and she could fly a plane, but she would never right. go no, into battle. Women weren't allowed in combat until like the late 90s, Clinton? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Obama, yeah. yeah, mid-90s, late 90s. Okay. Uh, but that, 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 that's a big thing for this. I mean, like, there's so many things that a woman literally just was not permitted to do, even if they were the best, even if they had the, the best skills, the best reflexes, the best talent, they would not be allowed. And then there's much smaller parts where a woman has a good idea and they can be shouted down. And I didn't pick up on that stuff in the viewing, but in reading about it, it's like, yeah, that was pretty black and white and pretty blunt. And for me not to pick up on that as somebody who's generally in tune to that and a fan of the genre maybe i just need to work a little bit harder cool well one one listener will be happy because we just talked about my my friend julie you're for our friend julie you know her um yeah because i that's good i will i will see it eventually it's good you should see it because i think it should be to me i i see why it's like this is essentially as important as black panther was Mm -hmm. because it's representation of something that does, is un, completely underrepresented. Um, uh, uh, underrepresented. And I think more importantly, Black Panther did one of the most successful things about that movie is it generated a dialogue. Yeah. Was Killmonger right? Where was he right? Where did he go wrong? What do we as mm-hmm. a culture need to do better? What do I need to do better? And realistically, man, it makes you ask the same set of mm-hmm. questions, but in a way that I think it's easier for us to look at race and really kind of like, oh, okay, this is where I fall short. But man, I, I all too often I, that's that's my I think that's my blind spot. I, I look at uh, gender, and I I probably don't look at it with a discerning eye that I should. Hmm. I was um, I've been thinking about doing a second episode each week, a bonus episode each week with myself and my own comments, just me talking about like since I get since I essentially edit and listen to the episode and then I'm, you know have further thoughts 
some of our episodes do need a special disclaimer or something. It's like, hey, we I, Tim said this thing, Todd said this thing, and yeah, that was not we that was wrong. So, he, if it, the, I think my only request is if, is if it's something that I said, bring me into it because yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's probably. Uh, I'm not the most eloquent guy, and there's going to be a time sooner or later where I say something pretty boneheaded, and I would like the opportunity to address and say, hey, I said something shitty. This is what I meant. I apologize, and hopefully I can learn from this. Yeah. Um, And also, right, and also just know, right? Like, knowing Mm -hmm. is half the battle, G.I. Joe. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, have a good night. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. I'm going to hang up on you thank thank you todd for joining us uh as always thank you to Kala for the use of our theme song freed from greed off their album trinity you can listen to more of their music at Kala.com. as always don't keep yourself in a box 